0: International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. If you think the responsibility is all on your shoulders, you won't do much. If you expect God to do everything, and then you won't do much. But when we understand that we have a responsibility to be obedient to Him even in the unbelievable and trust the fact that He is the one that will make that happen, great things can be done.
1: Celeste Montague, welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free mp3 copy of today's message or the entire series in mp3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today, we continue our study in the book of Esther with more of a lesson titled, God's Sovereignty and Human Responsibility, Part 3. We are in Esther, Chapter 5, as we pick things up with Esther, who has been placed by God in the palace as queen to act on behalf of her people. She took great risk, but she had to trust God for the outcome, which is true for all of us as we serve the Lord. Let's listen. Here's Dr. Kevin Shaw. It's God that
0: makes others notice and it's God that gives us favor in the sight of others. The king saw her and there's something in his heart that melted. Now, you say well it was it was it was God just changing his heart. Well, it's also that Esther was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that was how she got to be in this particular position. I mean, she just she attracted his attention. You say, well, see, that's just human. Wait a minute, who gave her that beauty? I mean, that, that beauty was given to Esther for a particular purpose, for the purpose of saving her people. And so it, it's God that gives us favor in the sight of others. Uh, the idea of goodwill the idea of favorable treatment. So he sees and it says, and so it was when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter. He looks and he sees and is just his countenance has changed as he looks at Esther. And it's, you know, maybe he's dealing with the, the affairs of court and all the questions that are going on with administration of the, the land of Persia. And when he sees Esther, what a welcome sight. And his countenance changes from that hard business type of uh, activity to it just melts. And he smiles and he holds out the scepter. And she walks and she, and she touches the top of the scepter. And then the king says to her, and this is where we see the favorable treatment. Then the king said unto her, what will thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. Now, I know when you were in junior high or high school, you're reading this and you said, given to thee even to the half of the kingdom. Well, I'll take half. Yeah, we'll take half. Now, what this was a custom in those days. In fact, it was throughout the ancient Near East which was a sign of a great compliment, of a superior to an inferior. And it was also a sign of great trust. Listen, I would even give you to the half the kingdom. Now, I know you're a trustworthy servant and you wouldn't demand such a thing. Th- this was a recognition by the king, Xerxes, of the trust he had placed in Esther. Um, and by the way, sometimes this type of statement did get the kings in trouble. In fact, uh, Herodotus records that it got Xerxes in trouble because there was another woman that he said, I'll give you another half of the kingdom, and she requested a valuable robe. And uh, eventually it created a scandal in the kingdom and loss of life and all kinds of terrible things. But what he meant here is, Esther, I am placing you in a position of tremendous favor. I care for you. I am precious. You are precious to me. And I want to show my love to you. And um, it, is, it is God that placed that favor in the heart of Xerxes for Esther. And God can do the same for us. Give us place of favor. We see it with other people in Scripture. It, 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 that kind of favor went with Joseph wherever he went. When Joseph was sold into... I mean, he had that favor with his father. Then he had that favor when he was sold into captivity in Egypt. In Potiphar's house, he had the same favor when he was in prison in Egypt and rose to the chief of the prison. And then he finds himself in the favor of the Pharaoh of Egypt, rising to the second in command of all the nation. Well, you say it was something remarkable about Joseph. Well, honestly, Joseph was faithful, and Joseph served well, and Joseph had a clean heart. But there have been many other characters in Scripture that had that same, those same qualities. It was God That gave Joseph that favor in Egypt. And so sometimes this favor is intense and it's unexplained. Human responsibility does plan. Now, so he says, I'll give you the half of the kingdom. And Esther says, What I'd like you to do is come to a banquet that I've made. Now I um God expresses us to use the resources that he has given us. And and one of the resources that he has given us is the ability to think ahead. So we have human responsibility and divine sovereignty. Because God is sovereign, does not mean that we should not plan? Does that make sense? We plan. Well, we, well, you say, well, God is sovereign. He'll just take care of it. Well, wait a minute. No, we, we plan. It's like, And that was, that was the point that William Carey was making about reaching the world. Yes, we have this huge task to reach the world. And so we have to make plans and we have to see people and we have to plan for reaching a nation and all of that and we need, to, we need to attempt great things for God just like the early church did. In fact, when William Carey made his case to the church, that group of pastors there in England, he went back to the early church and he traced the lives of all the apostles. In fact, he went and discussed the missionary activities of the, of the apostles during the first century. Did you know At least, as far as we know, as far as church tradition tells us, that the apostles in the first century reached, I mean, just the 12 apostles reached a huge portion of the world, geographically, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thomas, we, we know it's almost a historical certainty, went as far east as India and the eastern shores of India, even to the island of what was called Ceylon. There were others that went as far as northern Europe, into North Africa, up into what we would now, now know as southern Russia, a huge portion geographically, Not certainly not all those people population-wise, but that first century of believers accomplished incredible things because they attempted great things for God. But they have that balance. You will, if you think the responsibility is all on your shoulders, you won't do much. If you expect God to do everything, and then you won't do much. But when we understand that we have a responsibility to be obedient to Him even in the unbelievable and trust the fact that He is the one that will make that happen, great things can be done. And so there was this ability to think ahead. So Esther says, invites... King Xerxes to the, the banquet. Now, I have read all kinds of um, commentators who have all kinds of suggestions of why she did the banquet. In fact, let's just discuss what happens here. She says, she says in verse 4, And if it, Esther answered, If it seemed good unto the king, King, if this is okay with you, very differing, let the king and Haman come this day to the banquet that I prepared for him king says, absolutely. Calls, Go get Haman, tell him to hurry, that he may do as Esther had said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is, what is thy petition, and it shall be granted thee to the... What is thy request, even to half the kingdom? Same thing over again. She says, come to another banquet. Now, let's talk about what was going on. Here's my guess. My guess is she, she wasn't sure exactly how all this was going to go. And so she had the, the banquet prepared. And she saw when the king came to the banquet and Haman came to the banquet that things were going well, but things weren't just right. And so she said, well, I'm going to have to do another one because you know she just had that sense that things weren't just right. There are some people who believe this. I read one commentator who said this. If your um, wife asked you out to dinner, but she said bring a buddy along, you wouldn't like that. In fact, you'd get pretty tired of that buddy pretty quick if it was just supposed to be you and your wife. Um, They said, you know, that she was putting Haman in a position of being the third wheel. And, um, And there are others that said what she was doing was laying a trap for the arrogance that she already knew Haman had. And we'll find that that is exactly what happened.
1: Queen Esther was calm, cool, collected, and cunning. Dr. Shaw will be back to continue to describe how she laid a trap for the evil Haman. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue a study in the book of Esther. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio program. Now, here's Dr. Shaw to talk a little about an addiction recovery ministry going on at his church Northwest. It's called Freedom That Lasts.
0: Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button.
1: Thank you, Dr. Shaw, and please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church for more details about the Addiction Recovery Discipleship Ministry called Freedom That Lasts. You can email nwvbc.org or call 623 581 3115. Now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he continues to tell us more about Queen Esther and the wise way she asks for a favor from the king. Here's our teacher. So she, the idea here is she's thinking
0: ahead. Um, she has an understanding of others. And um, notice what she says here. She says in verse 4, "'And Esther answered, if it seemed good to the king, "'let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared.'" It's interesting that in in many Old Testament um, Hebrew Bibles, the first w- first letters of the word "Let the King and Haman come today" are the the four Hebrew consonants for the name of God in the Old Testament. And there are some ancient manuscripts that actually have those those letters capitalized. I don't think that there was a secret code for the name of God in the in the book of in the book of Esther. Now, we don't have to have a secret code to see God. There probably just happened to be that those letters were there in that sentence. But there was this longing to see this God working behind the scenes in this story. But it's really not hard to see. So human responsibility plans. Notice Esther is not, whatever she's doing, she's not panicking. She's not jumping ahead. She's waiting till the right moment she's waiting till till everything seems just right when she'll have opportunity to speak to the king and there are times when we do that we plan you try to develop a relationship with someone in order to share the gospel, and maybe you have somebody over for dinner, and the course of the conversation and that dinner just doesn't seem to go right for sharing the gospel, and so you try again, and the course of the conversation doesn't exactly go right, and maybe you try again, and next thing you know, somebody asks a question, and it just seems to open the door, and everything goes right. Here's the issue. There is a time for patience, but that patience has to be accompanied by persistence. So God's sovereignty, remember though, it's God's sovereignty that traps the wicked. You know, inviting Haman to the dinner was in Esther's power to request. How Haman would respond to this particular circumstance was not in Esther's power. Notice what it says. So the king, Esther says, come back for the second dinner. And uh, Haman goes home that night. It says, verse 9, then went, Haman for, then went Haman forth that day with joyful, with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, he stood not up nor moved for him. He was full of indignation against Mordecai. Um, this, Haman went home, and he was all proud. He was all excited. I had dinner with the king and the queen and me. I mean, for someone who's not the king, that's about as good as you can get. It was the king, and it was the queen, and it was me. I have arrived. Be careful. He that thinks he stands, take heed, lest he fall. Then on the way home, he sees Mordecai. and Everybody's been bowing down to Haman. Ammon's been raised to this position of this high position in the land. And by the way, the book of Esther is as much about God's judgment on the proud and, and pride as it is about God's preservation of his people. If you think arrogance and pride is a funny thing, remember that God doesn't. So he sees Mordecai there, and everybody else is bowed down, but Mordecai doesn't bow down. Now, whatever we saw this earlier, it is amazing to me, understanding the consequences of having not bowed down, and the fact that Mordecai understanding the fact that he, because he has not bowed down to Haman, it has put the lives of the entire nation in peril, and that bowing down wasn't necessarily restricted as far as one person showing honor to another, as long as it's not an act of worship. Yet, Mordecai still, even after all of this, refuses to bow down. Haman has everything he wants. Haman has access to the riches and wealth of the kingdom. Haman has access to the king. Haman has more power at this moment than anyone else in Persia. But it still bothers him that Mordecai won't bow down. But don't you understand? Wicked hearts are not satisfied till they're acknowledged by everyone. Let me just make an application here because I want you to understand. When you're talking about the homosexual movement in the United States of America today, it's the same type of heart. It's not enough to be able to do whatever you want to do and have it still be legal. They want to force everyone to say, you're okay. And a sinful heart, a wicked heart, will not be satisfied until everyone says, What you're doing is okay. There's nothing wrong with it. And while while godly people are on this earth, that will not happen. And it will create conflict. And it could eventually create persecution. It's the same heart. It's the same issue. God uses their own arrogance to prepare the wicked for their own downfall. So... Haman goes home and he tells all of his family. Tells all of his friends. I've got all of this stuff going on. But that Mordecai, he won't bow down. And isn't it interesting? If you want to be wicked and you want God to judge you, do remember this. The counsel of your ungodly friends will help that happen. They will make that happen. Notice, none of his friends say, Hey, hey, Haman, you have everything you need. You don't need anything else. You have all kinds of wealth and the treasury. Your own personal treasuries are full and you've gotten, this, uh, you've gotten whatever you wanted. Just forget about Mordecai. You know they don't say that? He says in verse 14, Then his wife Zeresh says, and all of his friends say to him, Build a gallows. By the way, uh, our gallo- the gallows here aren't like the Old West. You know, like when you played Hangman little rope hanging around them. Uh, When they hung people, they hung people on a spike. So build the gallows. Make it 50 cubits high. Way up in the air so everybody can see. When you go in before the king, ask the king if he'll put this guy to death. And the advice he got from his friends Who were wicked sealed his fate. Uh, You can say, I don't believe you, Pastor Shaw. I want to do what I want to do and live the way I want to believe. You don't have to believe me. You can find out for yourself if you like. You, You will,
1: though. You will. doing things the way we want to do them can actually end badly, especially if it's not lining up with God's will. Stay tuned, Dr. Shaw will be back to summarize what we learn from Esther's example here in just a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoyed listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website, where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Give us a call at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623 623- today. And remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same station. You're always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person, too, for Sunday morning service at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Please join us next time as we continue our study in the book of Esther. Now, here's Dr. Shaw with a closing thought on the lesson we learned from Esther today. We'll see you next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. So, what's the lesson for us?
0: We'll see how this works out as we go through the rest of it next week. Simple. This wonderful song that we sing that combines the idea of God's responsibility or human responsibility and God's sovereignty trust and obey how to be happy in Jesus trust and obey God's in control we are required to be obedient how are you doing